This podcast is powered by The Plug. Hey there, podcast listening people. Hope you're keeping well amidst these completely unprecedented times. We are still here to bring you the Mile High Mentors podcast, and I'm proud to bring this to you. Uh, All these insights, resources, and tools and stories from people in the local community that we can look up to, we can lean on, we can learn from in these interesting times. And I have a great guest for you today to listen to, to consume, to learn from. Um, Our friend Danielle Schutz is a Colorado native, top 25 most powerful women in business from the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce. She's a recipient of Denver Business Journal's 40 Under 40. Uh, She's the founder, CEO of The Daily Boss Up, a digital startup that provides coaching, mentoring, and consulting for leaders at every stage of their professional development. She's also an executive board member of the Women's Foundation of Colorado, been featured in TEDx Mile High, Women's Telecommunication, Tech It Out Talk, the Black Women Lead Summit, and the Women of Denver Summit, and now the Mile High Mentors Podcast, which we're proud to bring her story to you today. Before we get there really quick, make sure if you have guests you recommend, you have uh, uh, any areas you want to collaborate, partner up with us, you want to sponsor Mile High Mentors in one form or another, get in front of the audience, shoot us an email, milehighmentors at gmail.com. As always, milehighmentors at gmail.com. And of course, wherever you find us on social media, go ahead, slide up into the DM at Mile High Mentors, and you can find me at Connor Doobie and Julius at Julius Hinton on all your favorite social media platforms. Give us a shout. Let us know. We love your feedback. Don't forget one thing I forgot too. By the way, wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a review because it helps other people to find the show if you find value in it. And I guarantee you, you're going to find value in today's show. Please make sure you let us know. Ah, there you go. Uh, let us know. Leave a review. Really appreciate it. Also, our partners over at Active Blogs have a great offer for you with everything going on right now. These completely, as I mentioned, as everyone's mentioned, unprecedented times. Travel's restricted. Trade shows are disrupted. We can't travel for business as much anymore. And no matter what your business is, if you're a nonprofit, if you're an established business, if you're a startup, you need marketing. You need digital marketing now more than ever. So our partners at Active Blogs at this uh, point in time are providing completely no financial cost to you marketing second opinions, okay? So what they're gonna do is help you identify where to cut your marketing costs, where to reduce, optimize your marketing investments, your current marketing investments, or identify new marketing investments, or as I like to say, ROI, activeblogs.com, activeblogs.com. Go hit them up, go contact them, let them know we sent you, and go get your no cost to you marketing second opinion. With that, folks, again, grateful for you. 
appreciate you. Let us know what we can do for you. Let us know what you need right now. And without further ado, please give it up for our friend Danielle Schutz on the Mile High Mentors podcast. so excited to do this thank you so much for coming down it was i I love what you're doing inspiring people helping the community and um so i appreciate it thanks for having me yeah what you've been getting into lately man so many things i mean you know the daily boss has just been this incredible machine um since we launched it I, i started it as a um as a blog and just to give feedback, mostly young professionals would email and I had like all these emails and all these questions and there was like similar themes and content and I was like, you know, this is cool. And somebody said, hey, you should definitely um, turn this into a whole business. And I was like, I think we could do that. <laughs> and so we, we launched that and it's just been this cool um, dream I'm chasing. <laughs> yeah. When you say we, is that is that your siblings also? No. So my siblings oh. are um, both um, quite successful. My brother is a huge entrepreneur and um, uh, my sister is the CEO of Elite Roofing. Um, and so they're both quite successful themselves. But when I say we, it's like I, uh, I have a team at the Daily Boss Up. And so um, my team that works for me there is who I'm talking about. About. Got yeah, it. Yeah, they do most everything for me. <laughs> yeah. Are you a native? <laughs> native. Yep. Really? Colorado okay. Springs. Yeah. Wow, yep. that's awesome. Four Collins. Oh, so okay. Yep. O- opposite ends of the state, but we're a dying breed. But yeah. What's interesting too, which I don't mind. Like people hate on people moving here. It's like who cares? Like more business, more yeah, opportunity, yeah, yeah. more people to work with, more collaboration. Like it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's a cool dynamic. It's a. I call it the big little city. Um, yeah. It's starting to really feel like a big city. I, it doesn't, you know, when you grow up here, you don't really think, oh, this is a big city. I don't feel like I live in New York. But now it's like, whoa, yeah, I, this is this whole city. <laughs> I know, definitely. <laughs> it's got this small community feel to it, you know, in my mind still. Yeah. yeah. And the Springs is blowing up. But oh what's funny too is like, you can always pick up, I didn't know this before even just asking that question, but I'm like, you're local, aren't you? Yeah, you exactly. can just like, like vibes. It's a, it is a, a totally bag. a thing. Yeah, laid back. It, yeah, I, I'm a proud Colorado native. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different, I don't know. I think I'd always come home. I've never left either. So a native and I've never lived anywhere else. Although for work, I've always traveled a ton, but yeah. Yeah. Have you gone out of the country at all? Um, yeah, out of the country quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, when I was a vice president at Comcast, I had teams in seven states. And so I wow. was always Always gone. traveling. Yeah, I was I'm always sure. gone. I missed it here a lot. And telco, they have you. <laughs> You're just on going, the move. Yeah, yeah all the time. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting space. I've worked with some telecoms. It's like, that's it, always moving and merging. And like, it's so, oh, yeah. you know, Huge I have a good mentor of mine. Yeah. He's like a select. Do you know Jeffrey Pearl? Uh-huh, by yeah. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. That's a big name. <laughs> yeah. He's like a celebrity in telecom. Yeah, he is. But he's a good friend of mine and him and his wife, Karen, we've had him on that's the podcast awesome. before, oh, but cool. that's cool that you know him yeah, also. Yeah. He's a great guy. But now he's like long hair, hippie, like lives in the <laughs> mountains, like, um, you know, is uh, vegan and all this stuff yeah, and, yeah. and him and his wife you have to look at check out their youtube channel okay. they put out really interesting videos together so it's always fun to see That's people cool. just you know fate making different transitions and where you are in your career and seeing where they are and like hmm what am i going to be like when i like, as yeah. things evolve yeah i was never like a super good buttoned up businesswoman anyway i mean i, I love business i'm in finance so um, that's my background, but you know, I've always been the girl who's like, yeah, I'm gonna just wear my Jordans to work. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I love that, you know, it's sort of changing and people can kind of show up as their whole selves now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because the barriers between work and not work, like the, the curtains mm-hmm. off, like mm-hmm. the, like the, um, I mean, here we are after business hours, but it's like, there's a blend now. It's there's no blend. separation between work and life anymore. I no, feel like. yeah, it's, I call it like the whole work-life balancing is just silly. I mean, I think I call it work-life integration. Um, and not, not even on purpose. I think that's just how my life has always had to be. And I, I'm, the first time I became a CFO, I was 26 wow. years old. And so you just don't like, you don't know what you don't know. And so maybe it was a good thing for me is that I didn't, I was still trying to like grow up and become an adult at the same time that I was this executive and had this team of 30 people under me. So it was always just, you know, trying to bring my whole, whole self to work is how I learned leadership because I was really bad at it before. I was able to sort of show up as my my full self and be authentic and I once I started doing that I'm like oh okay this leadership thing is a whole a whole part of the job a whole technical skill um, that requires authenticity and, and vulnerability so 100 I, I think I, I didn't grow up a different way I mean I had my son Kai when I was 16 wow so like growing up and like having to go to college and do all these things and like be a mom and take him along for the ride is um, I, it, I, it's always been an integration for me. Maybe that's why it's been successful because I, it could never be separate. I would never been where I am now if it if it was two separate things. Yeah. Do you feel like your success is attributed to being a young, um, a parent so young? Yeah. I mean, I used to, you know, you, people kind of treat you like you survived being a teen mom. And I'm like, no, I think I'm ex- successful because I was a teen mom. I yeah. think there's certain characteristics in me that kind of kick something I, exactly. in much earlier like than you grit. would than yeah. others later in life. And I just don't take things very seriously. So it doesn't make, I'm not very risk adverse, which I think holds a lot of people back in their careers is to not be willing to take risks or to feel like you have to be ready for something before you do it. Um, and because I knew that that wasn't true because there was no way I was ready to be a parent um, at 16, but I didn't have a choice, you know, and so we, we were making it happen. And so I think I brought that with me. Um, maybe it was naivety because it, it I was like, I didn't know any better. I was just like, well, you just do what you have to do. And so if somebody was like, you should go for that promotion, I would. Um, and I think most people talk themselves out of it before it ever becomes a reality that they can't do something. And so I, I know being a teen mom has driven so much of my career. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. Yeah, that's ingrained in you at yeah, that point. Yeah, from there. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, your parents, are they entrepreneurs? No. <laughs> no. Um, she was, for those of you who don't know Danielle and you're telling me like yeah. you're, you're both your three siblings 40 under 40 or just one of them so two other? out of the three of us have gotten yeah. 40 under 40 although n- um, none of us are 40 so yeah. um, there's still time <laughs> for my brother so yeah he's phenomenal yeah yeah so no two out of the three of us are 40 got to 40 under 40 I won that award in 2017 and my yeah. sister just got it this year that's um, incredible in 2020 yeah 
Congrats. Yeah, so they're, cool. they're, my siblings are super badass. Yeah. <laughs> my brother is an entrepreneur, has been his whole life. Like, he's just one of those personalities. Just Older? He's my older brother. Uh-huh. I'm in the middle, and then my sister's a couple years younger than me. Wow. So she's 32. Um, and so none of us are 40 yet. So my brother, uh, we'll make sure he gets out of war too before and we can do the trifecta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's the CEO of a business he started, Elite Roofing. Um, wow. And he has since started multiple other businesses um, and sort of moved on to be this serial entrepreneur. He's very successful and full of energy and vision. And um, my sister is a more operational and then I'm somewhere in between. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. incredible. Yeah. What, so uh, what What was your background growing up with, you know, what were, were you, so your parents were entrepreneurs, no. but you, all three of you are successful, so. Yeah, it's funny, I, we were walking, I was walking in here, I was talking to my mom on the phone, so my parents were not entrepreneurs growing up, like this isn't, we wouldn't have known, and like we never even talked about it growing up that this is what any of us wanted to do or even that we would all go into business or any of that. Right. Um, but my dad is a minister and um, we were like heavily involved in community and heavily in, uh, um, involved in sort of service, um, I would say. I think that was a theme of my childhood um, that my siblings and I have taken into our careers that is similar because we are very different. We have different personalities. But I think the thing about the way we were raised was um, it was kind of we were never the product of our mistakes because I, I won't even pretend that we had it easy. It was a tough upbringing in a lot of ways and my sister struggled with addiction and um you know my brother filed for bankruptcy before he graduated from college is a part of his story right um because wow. he had started his first contracting business before he even graduated from college and by the time he was done he had to file for bankruptcy um and so you would think that those things would have prevented us from being successful i was a teen mom like we all have these huge setbacks these huge stories and i think that we were just raised to never be products of a mistake like that's not our identity my mom was really good about being like okay all right like it's a part of the story it's a part of the dance you stumble keep dancing and i think that is something that's similar in all of us is just this grit this like faith that we um will overcome and yeah. so we do <laughs> wow yeah roll roll into it lean into, lean into it. it yeah, yeah it's part it, of the story right. yep it i like is. that that's interesting yeah. yeah and uh and and uh so like this you know obviously a lot of discipline too like <laughs> you got to be committed to do what all three of you have yeah. done yeah. and yeah um, I think we're all extremely um, disciplined in different ways, but um, disciplined, I would say, and also sort of focused. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we put our mind on things and, and we get it done and um, we all have really different gifts, but uh, there's a theme there. There's definitely just a theme of like, y- y- once you focus on something, you're the only person that can hold you back from it. And um, we all have that in common. My sister's really, really organized and detail oriented. My brother's on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have my good days and bad days with being organized. And um, yeah, so we're really different. So I've done so much reflection as they've um, become really successful. And and we we all three speak all over the country. Like, you know, we, so you start to think like, huh, what's going on? Like when people start to ask you these questions, like, how were you raised? What do you think it was? What are your parents like? like, It's like, (laughs) oh yeah, all three of us were doing this. It's like, wonder, like what's the, what's the DNA of that family structure? Because it's so important too. Yeah. You know, like fall down. It's the, um, it's the imperfection, the gift of imperfection, right? Like, I think that's what it is. I think it's not even... DNA. My brother has a different dad than my sister and I. Um, yeah, but so many other people yeah. were grew up in even, probably even worse conditions. I mean, yeah. you grew up in Colorado Springs. I don't yeah. know what your upbringing was yeah. like, but Colorado Springs compared to other places, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> you know, um, 
we had a lot so, of, yeah we had a yeah. lot you know i grew up in a middle class family and we yeah. had a lot of you know i've had a lot of my own privilege and and a lot of help i mean after i had my son i had so much help and i know that set that's what set my journey apart yeah. from most teen moms statistically speaking right and i recognize that and the way we sort of leaned on each other even today my my brother's kids are young um, and we sort of do this, it takes a village thing. We all babysit, yeah. we all help each other, sort of raise families and do it all, if you will, um, but not without each other. Yeah, and you said your dad's a, was is a minister? Is, is a minister, He's yeah. He's still a minister. Yeah, and in I think, Colorado Springs. I think that's something that is also a role in it, is the community of the church exactly. around it, whether you're, whatever, Buddhist, whether you're Catholic, whether you're Jewish or, you know, you're Christian. Yeah is um, that something that I think is people are gotten away from a lot yep. over the years, especially the millennial generation, our generation, yeah. you know, you're a millennial. You're a millennial, Oh, right? definitely. Yeah, I have a whole TED talk about being a millennial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's like, uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, we're, like, I, you know, I think when people say like millennials are not into um, religion, I think that's true. And I mean, the statistics prove it, but I don't think it's the religion part, right? Because the way I grew up in religion was about service to others yeah. and service to community. And I think the millennial generation and below are the most um, in service. When they want, when they go to work every day, they want to be in service. Yeah. Um, and they want something. They want a higher purpose. Yeah. They want to know doing. how they're adding value. Versus older generations. That's right. Yeah. And so I think um, for me, that's what growing up in a in a religious household taught me less than structure or rules or you know good or bad or who are you supposed to be and who you're not supposed to be but mm -hmm. you know we always had like homeless people living in our house and um, my dad did prison ministry and so we learned through addiction you know very publicly we all own our stories very publicly there's absolutely no shame in it and yeah um, I think that's because we were raised in a way where we were taught that like the humanity is what connects us all. Yeah, you know? I mean, and even your story too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, against all odds, um, yeah. here you are. But it's again, I th I think the community has a big role to it. Yeah. You know, church or not, or religion or not, um, community. So, pe so, yeah, so like millennials a want a way to give back, but then there's also a lot of depression. And we we're just even talking about this earlier on the podcast. Is um, those things like having the community? help to combat a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. which is still missing and, yeah. and missing because a lot of people have gotten away from religion i think yeah and i mean i think the tech the the tech market and and we grew up in a way where um comparison is made easy mm. and i think that's where a lot of depression and things come from is when you compare yourself to other people and that's been made very easy for our generation and the generation coming up after us, I have a, my son's almost 18. Wow. Um, so that's a whole nother level of like, you know, yeah. he has to be really grounded in who he is. And without community, it can be really difficult because as humans, we all want to belong. So um, keeping yourself like focused on who you are. And I, I'm so grateful my parents taught us that um, and that we've learned that the ugly parts of our stories is what we should be sharing and that they that's what actually makes us great and that's sort of the opposite of a social media or um the, sort of the market that we're growing up in where you only see the outcomes and yeah if you see all my titles and start comparing yourself then you won't ever know how hard it was <laughs> to get here i never want to give anybody that impression right. um or like oh you can't do it because you had this setback or that setback and so i don't know i think we have to be careful not to compare ourselves and and, and if you're in a community where Comparison that's all you do is, is like feel like you are 
not getting somewhere because everybody else seems to be further than you that's not your tribe right <laughs> right and everyone's got their it's like you can feel like you're back you're back and back and then just that one little inch forward and that excels you that's to the it. next thing yeah. yeah and then that builds on itself right it's like a snowball yeah i mean you're, you're supposed to be built for success like yeah. um you hear these overnight success thing i don't know those people i've never met one me too huh? <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah, too no, Who, yeah. I, I can't think of a single person who's ever been an overnight success even no. like even facebook even you name it like yeah. it doesn't exist and even when you're young like i i people will say well are you an overnight success you're only 34 now and i'm like no no because for me i just think the pain was more acute <laughs> right so yeah certain things happened much sooner in my career but that came with like a lot of deep struggle a lot of deep learning and you know becoming a leader for the first time and just being really bad at it right because I didn't have time to even understand what leadership was and so feeling like you're going to lose your job and the pressure and the stress um, and and trying to figure that out so there's no overnight um, success don't ever let anybody tell you that in fact usually like right when it gets to the point where you're not sure you want to keep going is when stuff's about to break through. That's been my observation um, of my career and other people's careers, is that like that night where you think, man, you know, tomorrow I might shut this thing down or I might stop. Yeah, push right through that because it's coming. Like that's always a sign, right? Like the universe is like, nope, it's coming. So just hang through that. The only difference between successful people and non-successful people is they quit in that moment, right? Where they felt like, yep, this wasn't meant for me. This got too hard. I really think that's the only difference. <laughs> hundred yeah. percent. There's a good Colorado story to that too. When there, when Denver was a big boom mining town yeah. and uh, there's like one of the largest gold mine hits in the century in Denver and uh, someone was there mining it, didn't find anything. They sold the plot of land for a thousand dollars and then one guy came in, he went like six inches to the right. Um, Actually, this, this is in, have you read Think and Grow Rich? Uh-uh, no. De- highly recommend it's in there yeah that, the, it's like the six inches story. from gold or something i think it was colorado six inches from gold oh my god so the guy went six inches to the right where the other guy gave up and boom had one of the biggest gold rushes in in like in the history of colorado or something oh my god sorry guys if i back i didn't know the story i don't know if it was colorado <laughs> it was or not. something like that <laughs> but it's so true and and yeah. it's and you have to keep reminding yourself of that so so yeah. it's good that you shared that because it can be Man, it can be harder to live so a dream to than to dream it. Like it, yeah. it can be more comfortable to actually be like fighting for your dreams than it is once you've achieved them. That can actually be really hard and scary. So I just suspect that um fighting for your dreams is hard for a reason. Yeah. And that you're supposed to be built for success because that can be as hard and as much pressure and What do you mean by that? Like, you know, like what's next? You know, sometimes when you haven't achieved it yet, yeah. um, you get so used to fighting for what you want that you get really good at that. And then you get what you want or you get where you're you have been headed and you're like, oh, like now what do I do with it? And that can be harder on you mentally than even the fight was. Um and so I think we, we're supposed to, you know, build grit along the journey towards our dreams because they're not, you know, you don't just wake up and, yeah, I'm successful and you yawn and you stretch. No, <laughs> you know, no great success story does that, right? Um, they say, okay, there what's, is no what's next? It. Yeah, there yeah, is no, no never. Yeah. I'll never feel that way. I always just feel like I'm just getting started. <laughs> right. And yeah. the ones I think they made it, they end up depressed and, you know, like that's a, unfulfilled that's so sad, and right? all that. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard that time and time. Yeah. You know? Um, that's interesting. Um, it's like, you know, so what does that mean then? Like people have to do the hard things, right? Yes. Is that what you'd have to yeah, say? Yeah, like, like you, um, I think you have to be sandpapered for for greatness, meaning like there's no great wood product 
um, that doesn't come out without sandpapering and that process sucks like it it's hard it takes 10 times longer than you want it to you sweat the texturing is awful and and nobody likes that like ask any woodworker that's the worst part of the job Mm -hmm. um but you can't get there without it you just can't you can't have doors and you can't have tables and you can't have beautiful wood products and you can't have the outcomes without the sandpapering and so i'm always just making sure well you could but we'd have a lot of splinters it would be awful yeah like it's not how it's supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) we're walking around with tweezers like all day long (laughs) we're the least successful wood company of all time (laughs) That's what would happen there. Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe you'd kill it. Someone try it, just stop sanding everything. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, if you, I want some royalties if, if, if someone can figure this out, how to create amazing products without without sandpaper. I mean, I make, my, ki- I make my kids ask themselves that question. I ask myself really? before we quit anything. What question What question? Are you being sandpapered or do you really not want to do this? So you actually use that reference? Oh, that yeah, reference. all the time. Whenever I yeah. want to quit, I'm like, are you being sandpapered? Like, let's think through this. Let's talk to ourselves about whether this is really... Are we just tired because this process has gotten weary or um, is it really meant to be doing something else? So if they start a sport, we don't quit it without having that conversation or um, something in school that got hard on them. We don't we don't quit. So um, unless we've at least decided, yeah, I just don't really like it uh, versus this just was this is just the journey. And those are the same conversations your parents were having with you? You know, they never used the term sandpaper, but I believe those are the same. That's definitely what my parents instilled over. in us, right? Which is like, yeah, okay, so we've, we're dealing with this thing. So what are we doing about it? It was never, we're done, or you, you, you can't go forward, or life's over. It, it's like, okay, okay, so this is the problem of, of, of the moment, and how are we going to go about solving it versus we're turning and we're walking away from it so right. they've really taught us like you jump in the fire yeah definitely <laughs> so your your son you have a, a son and another child? i have a daughter yeah daughter? She's, she'll be 13 in a few weeks wow. and then yeah kai will graduate from high school in may that's wild i know he's gonna go to school mines yeah so oh that's congratulations <laughs> that's cool yeah i know i'm so proud of him it's insane yeah well so what's interesting i'm not a father or anything but um you know with your son being 18 what in the in the world that we're living in now <laughs> and you're encouraging him to go to college like yeah. What do you think the career path change is going to be there? And um, what are some of the steps that you're taking with them that, I guess, help um, help them to understand from the higher perspective that the world that they grew up in? Because we grew up in that yeah. weird transitional period before yeah. social media and then like and, and then technology kind of came a little later mm-hmm. for them. They are immediately born into it. Yeah. And so, like, what are the conversations you're having there? What are you doing? What steps are you taking, you know, uh, there? You know, it's interesting. And maybe it's because, you know, especially my son and I, we grew up together. So, you know, we're not so far apart from the way that we think about um, life or, you know, he he's more annoyed with my social media use than I am with his, you know. <laughs> Mom, leave me off of your stuff. Um, <laughs> so I think it's interesting, but, I, you know, Here's the thing I would say about... Don't at me, mom. Don't at me, my dad. Don't at me. You better not. (laughs) Yeah, he's got lots of of feedback for me about all kinds of things. That's hilarious. We're so close in age that it's just fascinating. That's so funny. You just, you could just embarrass the crap out of him. Can you imagine being an, you know, an 18-year-old boy and I'm your mom? Yeah. I know. I get it. Yeah. And I take full advantage of it. Yeah. And you do not look like you're in your 30s. No. Those of you listening, like, you could be 22 for all I know. It's worse. Like, not only am I a very young mom. 
home. Um, I'm 34, but I also look, you know, very young. And so uh-huh. we have, most people are like, oh, you're, that's your brother. And yeah, <laughs> he, he hates all of that. Yeah. <laughs> your son just has Benjamin Buttons. He's like aging <laughs> in reverse. He looks like three times as old as you do. And he's so much more mature than me too. So I'm not yeah, surprised that people think that we're brother and sister. But, you know, I think. Well, having you as a mom too, that probably, you know. Yeah. The maturity level probably yeah. p- for him probably had to pick up very quickly. He's an old soul, right? Yeah, yeah. because we yeah, he did. He grew up with his parents, so I think it was a different relationship. And we certainly have a um, a friendship. And uh, what do you think? What do you think? Kind of relationship, which actually I do with my daughter too, because it worked with my son. So I just decided to just let it be. Um, and I'm not I'm not very prescriptive of of their lives, and I think that is the one. You know, that's. I didn't do it on purpose. I just, I just didn't know any better. And I'm glad like as a parent kind of going like, I just let them be who they are and encourage their organic strengths. Um, and they're very different. My son is going to be a chemical engineer not because I made a big fuss about it, but because he's always been that way. His mind works that way. We leaned into his strengths in his baby book, three years old. I wrote, he, I thought he'd be an engineer. Um, but he's also loves politics and things like that. And then my daughter's artistic and like one with the universe. And I have no idea if she'll go to college. And like, she's so uninterested in her mom, the business executive and anything that I do. And she's like, good for you, mom. But, you know, I have no desire to do that. And that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Like, I just love her just the way she is. Right. Like her yeah. impact is meant to be whatever it is. And so I don't know. I think it's important in this time of comparison and in this time of, um, I, am I not good enough? And I don't look like this person and my life doesn't look good enough, right? Like, I think it's our job as parents, as mentors, as people to provide a counterbalance of helping people feel really firm in their identity, their natural organic self. Um, and I, I just think we're not doing a great job of that. Um, I'm not, I don't need them to not be on social media. I just need mm-hmm. them to be very confident in who they are. And then they they will handle the things that they need. Like I'll never, I'm not going to be there always. Right. So I just hope that they're kind and confident and um, understand that everything is, it's bigger than them and their purpose is bigger than them. And the impact they have on people matters and the things they say to people matter. Um, And if you know yourself really well, it's hard to let in the garbage and the noise. And so that's what I, that's what I hope for both of them is that they're just pretty confident. Getting them to know themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Now, how do you do that without also being too much on the other side where it's too much of an, of a nurture and they don't have like the, the hardships and stuff? You know, I, you know, I make my kids work for things. Um, and, and they've watched me work my butt off. Right. Like, so I think that's the other thing is that, you know, they see parents that have worked really, really hard. Um, and I, I, my story is no secret to my kids either, right? So I want them to know how human I am and um, how human their dad is and how human their uncle and aunt are and their grandparents. And um, and so making sure that they understand that and, and they understand, you know, the value of a dollar. But if you, if you teach um, your kids or whoever, whoever you're responsible for coaching or teaching that um, it's, it's not about you, <laughs> right? Like it, make it bigger than you. And how do you do what you do in service to others? Um, they, they'll find a confidence, um, in who they are and, and have really good, uh, boundaries and, and value people, um, and value their place in, in a, in a bigger world and, and their ability to shift it and shape it. And I just want them both to know they can do whatever they want to do. 
Um, and as long as they do it with kindness, then that w- they'll be cool with me. <laughs> and they want to be cool with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure yeah. everyone wants to be cool with no, you because you're, cool, you're cool too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's fascinating. And I didn't think the conversation would go here, but yeah. you know, it's like, um, I just think of how much I'm a byproduct of my growing up mm-hmm. and, and even small, it's like the weirdest things. Like you think back as a kid and it's like that one thing you glom onto that you hang on to for life. And so right. if someone has a, like a, a parent like you, who's taking the approach that you are, that's going to raise a very different child than someone who isn't, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and I got, important. I got blessed. They both had good temperaments from the day they were born, but I also just think, um, maybe it's cause I was a leader so early and I've like been yeah. coaching people or like learning that, you know, how you really motivate people or how you get people to be the best version of themselves is really just to you know, hone in on what they already have, like the gifts and the power that already live within them and sort of help them believe in themselves and pull that out of them and help them manage it and walk through life in a way that helps them be successful. Um, my kids either taught me that or work taught me that and I used it on my kids. I have no idea where it started, but um, I use it with everybody now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My teams and, and everyone else. Cause I just genuinely believe we're just born with um, gifts and strengths and then you know life teaches us to either overuse those or not use them at all because someone gave us feedback once that it wasn't working for us and so we tried to shut it down and you know then i have news for everybody wherever you go you're going to take you with you and yeah. so and so you just have to learn how to manage and your that conditioning gifts. yeah of yeah. other people of outer voices and all that yeah and think how easy it is to say like you know i'm i'm really decisive person like that's i can make a quick decision i connect dots really easily like that's a great strength of mine if i overuse mm-hmm. it i'm an impatient person mm. it's a behavior like i don't <clears throat> need to be less of myself i just need to manage the behaviors based on the circumstance based on the environment like sometimes impatience is not going to work for me and um you know if if my team needs me to just let them process their way even if i've already got the answer like I can change the behavior. It's the feedback that we get where we feel like we have to change who we are that has us all spinning. Right. Right. That's the thing that's making people crazy. It's like, be more strategic, right? Like how much feedback, like I even so many people <laughs> listening to this are going to be like, yeah, I've got And they that say feedback. it exactly like that's that. That's so too. dumb. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the least actionable feedback um, in the world, right? Like, and, and we're all strategic. Like, that's the way our brains work. It's like, but we have different strengths. And so we're going to overuse or underuse our strengths in, in certain spaces. And if you're a super detail-oriented person, being strategic you know what they're really probably trying to tell you is like pull up out of the details once in a while right Right. um or 80 percent is good enough uh to make a decision don't get paralyzed like those are behaviors that's easy to adjust right. like you can manage and coach somebody those are actions that. yeah it's actionable so less than they like, are like a skill set yeah or right. who you are be right. more strategic yeah like, yeah Am I not strategic? Like, well, you know, yeah. like the crazy spin that happens in people's mind, yeah. or then they just start to. No, when you're doubt. saying that, are you speaking to like other leaders who are other saying leaders, stuff like that? Yeah, like if you're giving that kind of feedback, or if you're getting it, like filter it through. Okay, what what are they actually trying to tell me about my behavior, mm. or how how is something not serving me? It's showing up in a way that's not serving me. I don't need to be more strategic. That's impossible. We are who we are. Um, but I, so you can really push back. Like if you have a manager who's giving you this like really ambiguous feedback, which by the way, it's like 90% of managers give feedback in this way. Yeah. Um, you can push back and be like, okay, so what, you know, what gift or strength am I overusing or underusing in that moment? And you're overusing your detail orientation. You don't want to be less detail oriented. We need detail oriented people. Mm -hmm. I need them because I'm not right. I need a team that has those people that balance me out. 
but it doesn't work in every situation. So just learning like, okay, this situation, it's, it's brand new. It's going to be gray. So we're not going to have all the answers. So I'm just going to have to go with what I think or trust my gut this time. That's so much easier to coach people and see them grow um, and, and to coach yourself and to trust yourself if you just think about it as strength-based and gift-based and just managing your gifts and pressing the brakes when you need to and pressing the gas on them when you need to. So, so your your uh, your kind of uh, philosophy on that, like, is it more so go going all in on your strengths and then um, allocating other resources to supplement your weaknesses, or trying to build a balance of your weaknesses, your strengths? I just think our weaknesses are the overuse of our strengths. So I don't think mm. I don't. My philosophy is that they're not separate. Um, interesting. Separate things. Like it's an interesting I think perspective. We, yeah. I've never heard anyone phrase it like that. I before. think we just overuse things, yeah. and, and because it's so easy to use the strength because it's organic to you. It's who you are, right? Um, and nothing that we do serves us always. And if we lean in it into it, and we usually lean into our strengths in an overuse in times of stress, like that's when it'll show up, right? That's when I'll get really indecisive and sort of like, no, we're doing this, 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 this. Yeah. And that's you not- You mean overly decisive. Yeah, it's over. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm overusing something that's a yeah. strength, which decisiveness is great um, until you become a dictator in the room, right? And so early in your career, oh, I was man. learning like- You're like speaking to me right now. Good. See, yeah. You're gonna... very, I think we have very similar personality, <laughs> personality types, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a yin. It's it's a yin and the yang. Yep. Like, like my greatest skill set is I. If I see something, I just fucking go after it. Yeah. My worst skill set is when I see something, I just go after, go after it. Yeah. It's like, and yeah. When you overuse yeah. it, you overcommit. Right. I overcommit yep. because yeah, like, yeah. there's nothing. I like. I'm the most optimistic person on on planet. Like, I genuinely believe every problem is solvable, which yeah. is a great strength. Like, great strength. I'm getting feedback in my career though that's like your team's tired or we're not exactly clear where we're headed right now because I will take on anything. Cause I'm like, Oh, that sounds super cool. I love the challenge. So it's just overuse, right. Mm -hmm. That was showing up as a weakness, like as a thing that could have actually hurt me um, in my career. And so I think if you look and understand what your strength sets are and the behaviors associated with them, mm -hmm. good and bad, it's way easier to manage yourself. Yeah. And to drown out noise. That's not meant for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is what, what more can you eliminate than what can you add in, right? Yeah. 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 What can you just, what, how do you tweak the behavior? And then what environments does that behavior actually really serve you? It's making you successful to be that decisive or to tackle anything, right? This environment, you starting this podcast, that's because of that strength, right? It, it, it's not going to work all the time. And you just have to know when to press the brakes and pull back on it. Mm -hmm. But don't get rid of the strength because that's the thing mm -hmm. about you that's going to make you successful. Yeah. I feel like what you're talking, what have you used like resource wise to refine that out? Um, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like a huge fan of um, personality tests. So interesting. Like I, I, like I, disc and disc and yeah. I love insights. What's I love, your disc? What's your disc score? I'm a high D high I. So like yeah. really? Yeah. Like, like my D is like almost like off the chart. Like if that was yeah. possible, it would be off the chart. See, that's why I figured mine, mine are like the two highest that they can possibly be and I like right up there. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You said B and I or D and I? D and I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as high the as they are, like the highest possible score <laughs> ridiculous yeah. yeah and at, at comcast we did something similar but it's called insights it gives you the colors but it's very similar so i was yeah. red yellow and um my red was like 98 percent, which is funny because people don't guess that because i have learned to manage the behaviors behind being that high red which like high red or high d is like this dominant personality it's a big personality yeah. you have opinions about everything you have no problem speaking up in a room you really come off incredibly confident um all great strengths right 
I annoy the hell out of people. Like, you know, like if I just overuse that, that's annoying, right? So um, now when people have to guess what my personality is. Sorry, guys. I'm, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've learned to ask questions. But you're aware of it at least. Yeah. No, I'm is, aware of it. Is that what you like about those is the fact that it, yeah. you can be aware of it. Yeah. If those you, tests you know. tell you like about yeah. yourself. And I don't think there's a journey to success um, that is going to be... Um, what you want it to be unless you know yourself really 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 well especially in a market that's moving as fast as our market does and so everything's changing every day so the one solid thing that you have is um the knowledge of yourself um and and you can drown out noise you can push feedback away that wasn't meant for you you can take feedback in that you you understand is true about you and start to work on those things and you can advocate for yourself and, and push back when you're getting feedback that's not helping you and say like Mm, that's not actionable. Um, so I recognize that there's a behavior attached to the feedback you're trying to give me. So could you help me hone in on what behavior change you're hoping to see versus, mm -hmm. you know, be better, do better. <laughs> this lazy way of, of, yeah. of, of coaching and helping other people or coaching and helping yeah. ourselves even. We're being so you, overly strategic. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, you're too strategic. You're yeah, not strategic yeah. enough. Like you just can't, that feedback is not helpful. And so yeah. I think I've learned myself and I think personality tests are just a cool, awesome way. There's one, um, called strength finders uh, it, mm -hmm. it aligns really well with what I'm saying here that gives you your strengths and it talks about like you know what what does that strength look like if it's raw like the strength of responsibility I have a ton of folks on my team and this isn't uncommon for how big is your team um, well my team at the boss up is three and then uh -huh. my team I'm a CFO for the Colorado Trust oh so my team at the Colorado Trust is um, 12 yeah yeah and so and my team at Comcast was 60 yeah folks and so like it, this helps me like with common language about who folks are because it's important for me as their leader to learn who they are and it gives you strengths and like a finance team a lot of people have a responsibility strength which sounds awesome unless it's a super raw strength or you haven't honed it or manage it which can show up as like you work in a silo because you take responsibility for everything. You 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 like take it so personally if there's even a mistake or you drop the ball on something. And so those people can actually be really difficult to work with unless you help them navigate that as a beautiful strength that you can overuse. Right. So it, I like strength finders. It tells you like who you are, how like what do you do organically, and then how do you manage those? Any individual can go. Oh yeah, you can do them online. Yeah. 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 Strength yeah. finders. Strength That's finders. number one it's you'd recommend such for a good anybody. One. Number one. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Do you feel like so it sounds like a lot a lot of leadership is what you're speaking to now is like you're kind of speaking to other leaders. Is that yep. is that really like your yeah. passion is it's my passion. people who are leading teams? Um no, it's um because Just I think in leadership. it's the word leadership to me has nothing to do with org charts. Mm -hmm. Um and I actually hope to I hope the boss up. I hope a bunch of people that are doing the boss up don't have teams yet, because the world will be a better place if we learn on who we are and how to lead before it's our job, mm. right? Before we have that happening on an org chart. And you know, the most powerful tool in life is influential leadership, meaning you learn to lead people when nobody actually has to listen to you. Um, and that's what the boss up is like. It's I call it the soul work of leadership. That's the type of coaching we're doing. It's about getting to know yourself. It's about journaling with yourself. We give a lot of journal prompts, like the one about are you being sandpapered? Like, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? I need you to go back and think about that and and remember it next time you're facing something difficult. Like really trying to tactically help people get through yeah through their careers in a way where they understand themselves and are pretty solid in, in who they are. And we just deliver all of our content via 
text message. So we're meeting people right where they are in their phone. <laughs> and it's a subscription-based business, but I set the price where I did because it, I don't want it to be for people who are executives and have these big teams only. I wanted folks to Anybody. realize, like, do the work yeah. if that's the goal. Yeah. Right? If leadership is the goal, do the work. Um, yeah, and we do, you know, we charge $8, $8 a yeah. month. What are your kids going to say when they realize you repurpose your boss up content on them <laughs> over the years? <laughs> um, Just they, repurposing your content. That's they, all yeah, they actually... Um, Mom, uh, you've been using... They si- Are they signed up on your platform? Absolutely not. No, neither of them would ever want anything to do with that. Like, yeah, it's so that's funny. so funny. Yeah, they they um they know that I use my content on them and they use time. it right back on me. Yeah, they they don't they don't mess around. Like, Isn't I, that funny? Yeah. <laughs> even stuff like we were, you know, when they would fight when they were little, I'd be like, "Okay, we need a dance break." <laughs> I'm a playful person and, you know, yeah. then my daughter started to turn that around me on me when she was about 5. Like if I was cranky, she'd be like, "Mom, do you need a dance break?" So, yeah, they're both pretty they're both pretty quick-witted and use my content against me all the time that's hilarious <laughs> that's awesome though. That's mom so- you taught me i'm not supposed to quit yeah <laughs> mom are you being, are are you being sandpaper? sandpaper right now oh my goodness <laughs> i'm gonna start using that though yeah yeah it's i'm good. definitely stealing that i have these little life hacks right like that's the yeah. most of our content is like how do you life hack yourself right back on your path and get yeah get moving again yeah well what so what other so besides like understanding your personality hacks what other resources are you studying mentors of your people who you've like mm-hmm. information 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 <laughs> something like that information I like the way you said it yeah yeah that's a, definitely the right way yeah, that's yeah. like the French but like you know mm-hmm. not and uh, what else have you sourced from to build the um, I want to call it more like content facilitation in a way too that you have yeah Um. you know so I'm a huge huge reader so that's another thing my siblings and I have in common and we always have and you haven't read Think and Grow Rich no I know which is funny because I actually have it in my audible and I've just never actually listened to it because everyone has said you have to it's you one, have to my bro- that's like my brother's favorite read. book listen I, I do audiobooks yeah, tons of audiobooks but that one's it's a, almost one you need to know and like take circle. notes and yeah and I love audiobooks I yeah. probably did 200 books last year yeah and and that was one that i did you know uh, over and over i always refer back to it but yeah yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you no, off no you're there. totally fine i i know i need to read it it's um so many people have told me i would love it very much I, i'm just i'm just a, like a connoisseur of information and um yeah. the way i consume information is to like be very reflectful about information like i'm always reflecting on the things so I, i'm i've journaled my whole life i have like since i was 15 years old almost every night of my life I can go back and say like what were you going through how'd you overcome it what tools did you use um and 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 sort of look at my life and understand how far I've come and I think self-reflection is just a huge a huge tool that we just underuse so bad um in this country especially like we just are not the most self-reflective people and I think um reading books is great and and by the way I go off and on I read like a self-help or a leadership book and then I do something totally fun like I like murder mysteries and I probably nice. go through two audio books a week um and and I let myself go back and forth because gotta do the eat. dinosaur <laughs> by audible is if that good ever, yeah it's so legit <laughs> yes. if you're ever into like dinosaurs or anything like yeah, that yeah. yeah it's really cool audible has all those fun little like I mean bo- books things. by audible yeah, yeah exactly I just read one on Scientology recently oh that's fascinating it was really fascinating i feel like you would totally dig it i like, would just 
behind the curtain of it was i went through know. a whole phase where i just did a ton of religions like i, I yeah, studied buddhism and I, I mean like i just wanted to just kind of understand how it all connected yeah. like i'm sort of that person like how does it all connect in life and where do i see the overlap in the venn diagram versus how are we different and so i love sort of exploring that and i give myself themes for the year or for the quarter and we'll try to find books that um, sort of are on that theme and it's never about work or home i got divorced two years ago and like so uh, everything that i've read through that journey has been you know helped me at work as much as it's helped me at home because i just feel like i am who i am like i know more and more i just show up and you're gonna this is what you're gonna get my kids know the same person that my employees do um and that i'm grateful for but that's taken a lot of work and a lot of being able to be vulnerable and and um not carrying shames that aren't meant for me and things like that. So no, I, I'm always taking in information. I hang out with people who are so badass. Like that's another thing. I have great mentors in my life, but the thing I would recommend to people, I think the greatest gift I've been given is that I became a leader so early that I've been mentoring others. Mm. And I get more from, I maybe not more, I, but it feels like I get more when I'm mentoring somebody um, than, uh, than when I'm when I have my own mentor and I'm like learning and it's interesting when you have to try to help somebody else get through something what you'll teach yourself and so I just encourage people like you don't need titles to be a mentor just like you don't need titles to be a leader um, and if you start doing that now that's like I think that's been some of the some of the gas in my machine is you know learning about myself by having to try to help other people navigate their own careers or their own lives or things like that and like there's always someone who wants to be where you are even if you don't want to be there anymore and so, like, find those people, whether they're in high school or college or your colleagues. Like, there's all we all have to, something to offer. And it, when you start offering it, you'll start to feel really confident in it. Um, and that's where I learned, like, oh, okay, like, oh, I got to use that on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that finally made sense to me. I connected that Isn't dot. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And, like, I did, like, and you do, con- you create content mm-hmm. too. It's like when you go to talk about a subject matter, you almost learn it. Differently, you, you learn actually differently. learn it when contextually. You're it. Yeah, yeah. T- you know, it's like, when oh, I know how to how use this in my this? life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can, when you can teach somebody else how to do something, then you really get it. And so, why not, you know, sign up to start teaching someone else? You're not going to ruin anybody by being their mentor. Like that's not going to happen, right? Like the worst that can happen is that it wasn't a great fit, um, or they weren't open to learn anything, or you you just didn't have time. Like those things happen, but. I think we should all just start mentoring like the second that we can. There's always someone who sees your outcomes and says, oh, how do I do that? And uh, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for like all the little steps along the way that we could hand off to the next person. And that's where like mentorship has really played a role in my life is I learned so much from my mentees. Like they've become my employees and they've, you know, grown their careers and I I don't lose touch with anybody. And and that's really, really important to me. And then it helps me hone in on like, what do I ask the people who who I'm striving to be like every day too? Like, you know, and and just go do it. Like titles and all that extra stuff that you're waiting for is not going to help you be better at any of it anyway. It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. It really is. It It really is. And I know it's easy for me to say. I never hope, I never want to sound ungrateful. I'm super grateful, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There I if titles mattered, we'd have a lot less bad bosses out there, right? Like they're 100%. They're, you know, that's it's, not what makes us who we are. It's an ego inflator. Yeah. So so when you talk about mentorship, what form does that take? By the way, I want to just say you inspired me because it's always like I and probably other people listening to this right now and that you think you have to be at a certain level in your life to be a mentor to mm-hmm. other people and yeah. I've softly done it, but you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to go put a shout out 
say, hey, I want to take five people who I want to meet with weekly over a Zoom call or in person. Yes. And, uh, you know, I want to mentor you and, and help you excel to maybe to the point where I'm at. Yeah. Like, I'm, there's so many people. That was my like, own limiting belief. How'd you start there? How'd you do that? Yeah. Show me what you did. You I'm, literally just broke that for me. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> See, good. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I, it's so funny. I have never had a formal mentor, like through a mentoring program or anyone where I was yeah. like, you are my mentor. Yeah. I do have this. Group. I don't think it, yeah. It just Sorry. hasn't been my journey, but like I, I, um, not that those are bad. I think they're great. There's some really great ones. Um, but I do understand the art of networking better than most and how to leverage my network. My network has been every job change I've wanted to do, every promotion. Like I have built a, a, a chorus of folks who know how to sing my song is what I say. Like they, you know, they'll echo um, who I am because I've really made an investment in making sure that people know who I am and um, know what I'm capable of. The other thing is like I've been on nonprofit boards since I was 19. Like you want to get a skill set, go volunteer somewhere and put that on your resume. Like no one needs to know you didn't get paid to do that. Who cares? Like you just built a skill set and then you just met how many people who can talk about you in a way that's like they're so helpful. They're so this. They helped us do this. Go volunteer somewhere and claim those your time is the greatest investment you can make anyway right like that's money um so 100%. don't don't chase the big salaries go go chase the skills and and the big salaries and the big titles come um and mentoring other people is a great way to build skill set um if you if you want to go into leadership and you keep get hitting that wall around well you haven't you don't have experience being a leader right which is a stupid wall we all hit sometimes well, yeah, go get experience being a leader. What better way to do that than mentor people or to volunteer at a nonprofit or to volunteer with youth? Right, or to actually be a leader. Like you said, you don't have to have a title to be a leader in any Mm -mm, mm -mm. arena. It's a skill set. It's leadership. Leader in the classroom. If you're a student, you can be a leader in the classroom. Completely. Sports field. Yeah, how are you you stepping up and understanding what leadership actually looks like in your life? And how are you um, motivating and, and inspiring other people and taking other people along with you? That's leadership, period. Yeah. So you don't need, no one has to give you permission to do that. Right. So we kind of just jumped all the way to the end or like, <laughs> or like the a lot of meat here, but yeah. I'm, I'm curious and I'm sure people listening are interested as well. How does one go from a mother at 16 to an overnight success? Like what are, <laughs> what are, what are the, what are the steps? What are the like markers along the way that, that really are, um, I guess, uh, Here's, more so stand out yeah, to you yeah. um the phases of that to like just where you're at now yeah it, and it, i think the word phases is good and so i'll start by saying you go from being a teen mom to an overnight success never that's not how it worked um and someone said like when did you know you were successful and i'm like i don't know i'll let you know like i'll let you know what what that feels like um right. whenever i've get there um and it, it, <laughs> i don't know if i've defined what that means for me at, at this stage um i think i don't know like the phases along the journey i think i was focused and um uncompromising in the beginning so about my dreams like a lot of people when you're 16 and, and have a baby sort of say like well that's the end that's the end for you like so well there goes that right oh she had so much potential like you i heard all these things and so in the beginning my drive was like you're not going to be right about me like it was stubbornness and that's okay like you know that's okay if that's what's driving you because as long as you have something that's driving you it's okay And, and and then i wasn't stubborn anymore i wasn't you know as mad i wasn't fighting the world after a while as much as i was in the beginning and i had other things um that started to drive me i think i i um 
celebrate when I succeed so I don't lose that perspective as far as like every little thing along the way matters. Um, I think we don't celebrate ourselves enough and we don't really give ourselves credit for like all the steps we took to get to wherever we're going. And so what does that mean, though? You know, for me, I didn't I didn't go to college because I wanted to be, you know, a CFO or a CEO or start my own company. And like all these things that have happened since then, I never said, oh, well, you know, I want to be the top 25 most powerful woman in business. I better get that award. I didn't even know that award existed. Right. Like I was in survival mode. Mm. And and so I wanted to go to college because I wanted to be self-sufficient. So like that was the goal. And when I graduated from college and I became a financial analyst at Denver Health and they offered me a salary that I like fell on the floor crying because I just had never even imagined I could make that much money. Um, and, you know, it was like $48,000 or something out of school where I just thought I was rich, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that I have never lost that perspective. Like I've never been like, oh, um, you know, that that job is going really bad. It's like, oh, your your CFO job's going bad, Danielle. Like you never even your whole goal was to just be self sufficient, to be on no systems anymore, and 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 to be like you know supporting your son. And and then I set new goals, right? But I never lost perspective of the fact that I guess I had already made it. Like when I graduated from college and got that offer, and you know just realized, oh, okay, like yeah. that was it. That was the, it. That like, you know yeah. that like you've already you already made it, and then you you know then cool things happen and 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 you can grow your career and I am I'm a driven person but I never lose that perspective even today you can't take away from me anything you can take titles you can take the awards you could take it all back and I think I'd probably be um the same person and because I think I know how far I've come I know that it you know I don't I haven't taken away from myself that at the when I was 16 years old, I just wanted to be self-sufficient. I just wanted my son to never have to feel like his life wasn't what he wanted it to be because I made the choice, right, to have him at such a young age. And if I don't lose that perspective, then the rest of it hasn't seemed so um, difficult. And the other thing is that I um, I walk through open doors, <laughs> and that sounds really simple. It's not. Like, when someone opens the door for me, when, you know, someone says like do you want to be the cfo you know at the state health department at 26 like i my first answer is yes and then i go figure out oh my god what the hell did i get myself into but i already said yes so here i am right yeah commitment drives the steps that it's going to take to get there people think they need to have everything figured out before no right you will you're i don't i still like you know whatever the i'm the opposite of having my shit together even this to this day like i don't even know what that means like because most of the time i'm chasing the yes i gave somebody yeah (laughs) and then it works out fine like you know say yes first trust yourself like it's going to be fine and um, it doesn't mean you won't fall down and have like the really hard days and super big disappointments and failures but like you know every great athlete tells you about their failures and that that's a part of the game and I think that's it that's been it for me so that's been one phase where if I do reflection I am a I am like a why not me kind of person right like why why not me in that job like I don't care you guys might doubt me but I'm gonna try it and like I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out. And I do. And then you're good at it because you were figuring it out, right? Like you, you're fighting to be good at something. And, um, the other thing is that like, I, people think I'm fearless. I'm not, I'm scared all the time. I'm actually someone who's, I suffer from anxiety. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I live in my head. And so I and you're just, probably an introvert by nature. I too. am. I, I love that you said that because, yeah. you know, when you're a public speaker, I could speak in front of an audience of 10,000 people. No problem. Um, but then meet and greet, like 
little five minute conversations will drain my energy instantly uh, yeah um and so yeah i am introvert i i, I um, build my energy back up um, on my own so I, have, I had to really create space for that in my life um but i um yeah i wonder if there's a way to be more efficient at that because yeah. i i experience the same thing and it's <laughs> like it's um i love meeting people but mm-hmm. it, it's it is very exhausting after yeah. a period of time um you so. know i do um I, I even book my calendar based on my energy. Like I know, mm. you know, I yeah. need transition time. Like, so when I get to the office, like I don't want to be in a meeting. The first thing I do when I get into the office, like I want to be in my office by myself for an hour mm-hmm. and then start my meeting day. Right. I'll do that. Um, I'm up very early, but to be communicating and having big meetings or having to be on um, because I am naturally introverted is really, really difficult for me. And it'll set my day in a different direction than if I spend the first hour checking email, getting caught up. I set every Monday, you know, my executive assistant and I plan the week and that helps me with my energy, right? Is like to know what I'm facing and how much like people time I'm going to have. And then I did 60 speaking engagements in 2019 and that was not smart. Like it was not the most brilliant move for me. I was like really, really exhausted. And so just figuring that out, like how many of those can you take in a week and how many, you know, sort of networking events can you take in a week? And um, I do fine in small groups. I do fine with my friends. So it's not like I'm someone who needs to be alone um, all the time, but I do need to recharge outside of a outside of a big group. And I'm an empath, so I take on other people's stuff. Yeah. So I think that's more than anything. Yeah. That's why the meet and greet, like uh, after a speaking engagement, those Someone's little five minutes. Yeah, you. they're just telling you their story. You're absorbing that. I absorb it all. 100%. I take it all on. So it's yeah. like learning. Um, you know, sort of like before you go to bed at night to like just write those stories down and get them out of your head. Um, and, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm learning little tricks like that, but I'm still learning that that's going to be probably a lifelong journey is like balancing energy of like what I do for a living that I think I'm meant to do. I feel like speaking and and coaching is like me walking my purpose, but it also is really exhausting. I like can sometimes feel like I got hit by a semi truck, like physically. And so I'm, you know, I'm learning to balance that, but I pay really close attention to myself. Like I know my body. I'm one of those people where it's like, oh, that food makes me feel a kind of way. Or, um, yeah, if I don't get a certain number of hours of sleep or if I get too many hours of sleep, like I'm always paying attention and sort of analyzing so I can be sort of at my best. You do that with uh, like food and like meditation. Meditation. Yeah. 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 What other practices do you have in place? Um, So to me and writing also seems journaling to be a is like for you. journaling i think is one of the greatest yeah how are you do- what format are you doing that in like when you journal because i write like i write my goals yeah. to remind myself yeah. of my higher purpose not just once a year not at the beginning of <laughs> the year as i i try to do it every day that's at least. great but like what what form are you doing it in i am like i literally have paper journals so i have so many of them yeah. um where at night i go i put the date at the top of it i have journal like prompts that I use for myself or if I'm going through something specific that I'm trying to work through you'll see a theme for a few weeks in my journal that I'm I'm working through um, something or checking in with myself it's funny when you talk to yourself on paper it's almost like you're talking to someone else and again like coaching someone else even if you're not good at it yourself something like brings clarity to the situation like we don't talk to anyone's the way we would talk to ourselves like our worst enemy we wouldn't talk to like that so poorly. true yeah and so getting first it, thing i do when i wake up get up bitch get yeah the, exactly <laughs> like literally that's myself that's literally my self-talk <laughs> you know how i like i treat dude i'm hard on myself more than anybody it is like, i no one will ever could ever be as hard on me as i am on yeah. myself and um 
I, mean, I should probably change that. Yeah, the self doubt like, is get real. Up, get the fuck, just get it's, up and make. A it's fine to be hard on yourself in the sense of like pushing yourself. Like I love that, but again, the overuse. It can be yeah. The overuse becomes this over. You're over analytical about yourself. You can paralyze yourself in your head, and um, and I over dramatize it because the second I put it on paper, I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> so sad. I cannot believe this was bothering you all day. Yeah. Um, or I'll analyze interactions long after they happened and so when i write it down something about it can bring it to conclusion and bring it to the end and i can put it in its place and move forward and if i don't write it down i have a i have a harder time and i just talk to myself the way i talk to other people i write letters to myself sometimes like go read them again in six weeks or or in two years like those types of things um i'll mail letters to myself sometimes yeah if there's a (laughs) if there's a a piece of like something that i really like a habit i want to leave behind i'll have a whole funeral for it like there's just i'm just like life hacking myself through the day most of the time small coffin and bury it in the backyard exactly right put a tombstone by it right like that habit's gotta go i'm gonna start doing that but i live in an apartment downtown so people would be like (laughs) looking just light it on fire somewhere like go find a fire pit and put it in there yep. yeah yeah that'll be good then i got yep. the denver fire department yep. on my ass yeah yep. after the fact yep if yeah. i'm replacing a habit like you i don't think we get rid of habits we just replace them with new ones right like that that's a really good book by the way like um what is it i think it's like effective habits or something like that like highly effective habits oh yeah yeah it's really 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 good like and how to develop habits and little things you can do to become more habitual and um, we replace habits. So like I'll journal through if I'm trying to replace a habit, like if I'm trying to get up about 5.30 and I'm pressing snooze till 6.15, right? So then I'll just start like 10 minutes at a time and and give myself a little score on how I was doing yeah. it. Or, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So so you keep it pretty fluid, but yeah. it, it gives you the self-reflection. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just marinate and, you know, the conversation that they had that didn't mm-hmm. go the way they wanted and wrap up or whatever. It's like... You, you kind of just keep it free flowing. I do. It's Some more days about I just, outpouring ugh, than anything. Yeah, I just, yeah. You, it'll be words on paper. Yeah, I feel or, like that's so important. Yeah. People can retain and hold so much stuff and it turns into physical poison also, right? And I think the re- like it's funny, people are like, oh, I have such a hard time journaling. And it's like the reason you're having a hard time journaling is because you're being so hard on yourself as if journaling is some type of like art form or like, yeah. you, like you can be good or bad at it. No, it's like you, you're talking to yourself. So yeah. maybe I'm just crazy enough to be able to start a conversation <laughs> with myself every night on paper. Uh, <laughs> But it's like it's so masterful and it is it's you know i I, meditation i took up a few years ago and yoga and things like that but like i think meditation too like starting your day and even just for like three minutes like breathing in the words that you want to experience during the day and breathing out some of the the crud is like just a so fascinating way to shift your brain before you start your day so you know i try to do those things to just keep my energy i have a lot of it um, and I sometimes don't monitor that well. And then I hit these walls and I'm, you know, exhausted and I'm down for a week at a time or whatever. But yeah. um, so I'm just learning. That's like a growth thing for me. I'll be working on that forever. Yeah. Coming up with new ways to life hack myself and to balance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe we can share some secrets mm-hmm. since we seem to like share personalities so mm-hmm. closely. It's it's uh, any anything you got. I'm taking it and trying it. <laughs> I mean, I do meditation. I do exercise. I've, I've been doing yoga more consistently. Yeah. We were talking in the last po- podcast about um, I started doing the supplement Lion's Mane Mushroom, mm. um, which is really interesting. And sorry, guys, I know you're tired of me talking about this, but um, I played football a lot in high yeah, school, yeah, right? And I yeah. feel like your neurons, uh, you get nerve damage from that yep, and that impacts yep. you. And 
So uh, Lion's Mane, there's a lot of research behind this right now. I advocate it. It's one of my most, it's my favorite it's supplement, a supplement that I take. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's literally the mushroom, like just the yeah. pure with the fruit bodies and everything. But um, it's the only mushroom proven and one of the only supplements proven to actually regrow neural neural pathways mm-hmm. without the like sil- like the effects of like psilocybin. Okay. You know what I mean? Or yep, like yep. no hallucinogenic yep, effects. Yep, yep, yep. Psilocybin does the same thing, but this does it in a different way and, and you just feel like from a, like a mental wellness that this is just good Sharp. stuff no no that. you got to do it consistently yeah, and like yeah. build yourself up but i have noticed a difference because I, ha- I was dull and like um short-term memory mm. and retention all that good oh, stuff yeah. like has really improved and for someone like you like we're similar in the way that you get drained very easily yep. and then it's hard to focus yep. and all that good Absolutely. stuff i've really liked that you should yeah. check i'll show i'll show you after here the one that i use that's awesome i yeah. love it yeah no i'll try anything i'm a yeah i'm a huge fan and i have rheumatoid arthritis but i don't take anything other than like supplements and how i eat yeah. and how i take care of myself and that's an autoimmune disease so yeah like, for me just keeping keeping myself um in balance rheumatoid arthritis has taught me about my energy so like it's mm. the gift again right it's the gift and the hard thing where it's like oh i know how to pay attention to everything that's going on with my body now because of that because i've learned like pay attention you're headed for you know you're headed for the meltdown and yeah you're <laughs> feeling foggy today like how yeah. can you how can you change your calendar how can you change your plans just to sort of get yourself back aligned so have you done anything with like longer term or multi-day fasting no yeah Mm-mm. i've heard some or read some interesting really studies good. like on intermittent like fasting arthritis yeah intermittent fasting for sure like no breakfast do you know cut like your last meal of the day six or seven and then don't eat again till like noon that's a good 16 hour fast and i've heard with arthritis and stuff especially for someone yeah. as young as you there seems to be some pretty good data on that the guy who helped but me start the boss up 48 um, hour fast yeah the guy who helped me start the boss up swears by intermittent fasting like yeah. he that's his whole lifestyle he lives by he loves it and he's you notice how much food intaking and like how yeah. much food how much yeah. less food you actually need yeah and i weightlift too to build and stuff like mm-hmm. that and like i've gotten leaner and more muscular like not eating breakfast and not eating right out yeah I yeah workout that and one works like for that. you yeah your, your body just kind of absorbs. but again every, you're right everyone's yeah, different i would have no problem intermittent fasting it'd be like the wine in my coffee that would be a major problem to not the wine in your coffee like i couldn't give up wine and coffee like you don't have to I can drink that. Well, stuff? well, you can have black coffee. Um, you don't do black coffee. Well, do I don't. You? I don't do sugar at all, so I don't put sugar in anything. Yeah. But I um, you do cream. Cream. Yeah. Cream? Half and half. Yeah. Cream. Just do it every other day. Just intermittent fast once, right. two, one or two days a week. I'll come back and, and tell then, you how or it's just going. Do like or I'll send my kids, and they're like, "We're gonna kill her." <laughs> Thanks for telling my mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. Well, I like black coffee anyways. Yeah, I'll okay. sometimes do it with like coconut milk. <laughs> okay. Um, the wine. Yeah, you can't do wine when you're fasting, but but also like if you and I'm a wino too. I get it. I get it. There's this place <laughs> that just opened up uh, next door called the Wine Dispensary. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. L- legit. Like the the guy there like from france and it's a very little intimate shop mm-hmm. it's right near where i'm at down it's downtown or kind of down, it's near confluence park i'll look it up um where's it going with that yeah you can't do wine when you're fasting but yeah. like one 24 hour fast a month oh that's not bad and, like, no, i could no. do that very easily yeah and sometimes we'll do a 48 hour fast it's not that bad and like you 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 find a different appreciation when you're eating food mm-hmm. and you're like whoa like i'm eating too fast like yeah to pace myself and all those things seem to play a big role in my energy and so all that good stuff. true like even yeah. things like i don't that's I don't, helped to hack a biohack in a lot of ways for me i don't eat and work like i that's something that i've like 
have learned that helps my energy. Like I take my lunches. Like I, yeah, I too. take time to go sit and eat. And eat slow. I eat small meals all day long. And like, Good. so I just think that yeah, there's it's so funny how like little things like that will just change your whole your whole energy and um, 100%. not having huge meals before you go to bed or even like turning the TV off and you're getting off of your phone before you go to bed. And yeah, I'm always, I'm always looking for the next life hack. Yeah. It'd be a little better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we can share secrets for sure. Yeah, awesome. Um, one, one thing I just real quick that I was interested in touching on is you mentioned your, you, so you, you went through this period of your life and then you got that job, the dream job, right? After, um, after a certain period and like you could have just stopped there mm-hmm. right you could have just been had a career mm-hmm. um worked in telecom and made six figures and mm-hmm. continue to build your way up and everything like that and i feel like a lot of people get do that they get they 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 build 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 they have a goal they reach it and then they stop but you seem to keep you meet your goal and then immediately adjust to a new one mm-hmm. and yeah. i found that to work work for myself too pretty well but like how can other people take advantage of that? And and why do you think they're stuck and listening to this right now and they're stuck and stagnated in that like one spot? Yeah, so I guess here's your first journal prompt, folks. Um, I do, it. my goals have never been about titles or salary or any of those things. First of all, like I promise you, I've never even set a, a goal that was like, I wanna be a CFO, I wanna be a CEO. Um, I always ask myself, like, who do I want to be for a living? Not what do I want to do for a living? So it makes it easy for me to make decisions because I'm, my goals are around like my evolution. So I was a CFO at the state health department here and then I left and went to Comcast and I was a manager. So mm-hmm. I took this huge title step backwards and people thought I was crazy. And I was like, I'm not even 30 years old. Like, I have a, like, I'm trying to fill out my financial portfolio. I had very specific things in mind around goals. Like I wanted to learn forecasting and planning and I love like market trends and stock price. Like I loved all that stuff. I knew that I liked that stuff. And I was like, I want to learn that. Like I want that to be a part of my financial portfolio. So the decision to take a, a manager job, even though the title was like way lower than my title at the state was really easy for me because my goal wasn't about my title. And I had one employee at Comcast when I first went there. And then I was a manager for a year, a director for a year, and a vice president. Like, so my career grew there. Like, I got right back, even though I didn't even think that would happen. Like, I, I didn't say I want to be a, an executive again within three years at Comcast. That was never even the goal. It was the, like, what's the next thing for me here? Like, oh, I learned a little bit about this area of the business. I'm really good at financial strategy, it turns out. Okay, like let's do financial strategy stuff and then they're like let's give you a role around financial strategy or are you really good at that Danielle we're gonna you know promote you into something different now and it was always about like what am I trying to to do for myself and like how am I trying to grow myself and that's the way I think about it. it's like who you know like who do I want to be for mm-hmm. a living not what do I want to do yeah. not so much like I even want to make six figures because like no when you reach that point you're like oh this is what six figures is like. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. You're like, huh? Wait, this is it? Wait a second. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lifestyle inflation is real. Like Drake always says that, right? Like, you you know, you make your first million and then you're like, yeah. wait a second, I want to make 10 a million. million is nothing. It's yeah, like, or I want to yeah. make 100 million. And he's like, I just, so I don't set goals that way. Like, yeah. he, I love the way he kind of talks about this. He's like, no, like, I want to make... I wanted to make an album that sounded totally different than my next album. And yeah. if, that, if I happen to make 10 million now, then that's great. But what I felt successful because it sounded different than my other one like that's the same way I am like that's my natural way to sort of 
set goals and be better at things. And um, when I do vision boards, it's about like, okay, what are what are like, you know, what's like the growth thing that you're working on um, this year? Like I struggle with boundaries. Like I have not been someone who in my personal life is good at putting boundaries in mm-hmm. place and like knowing what I like and evolving um, into relationships in a way that where I stay true to myself. In fact, getting divorced taught me like I didn't really even know who I was um, outside of my career and being a mom and being a wife. That was so much my identity since such a young age that I didn't even realize I was supposed to develop other things that I like to right. do. And who are you? And what's important to you? And what do you do in your free time? And what do you do for fun? Like, I had no idea. And so that was a big goal. Like, that was a whole goal I've had to set. And that's been one of the hardest goals to accomplish because it's so deeply embedded in me to sort of just become become my partner or become, like, who needs me today? And, and sort of how do I you know it's a distraction from myself and I never realized I even had that going on yeah and so I set goals in really different ways and then they usually come with really cool outcomes right because I've become better I've given myself a new skill yeah and then people panic and figure out how do I get there but then it's like you just take steps right steps like one step at a time and and be tactical with yourself and like if you set one of those goals like that's where journals can really come in in handy but like who do you want to be for a living like what's something you want to add to your toolbox versus like titles like what's a skill set you want to have mm-hmm. uh, what do you want to be better at that you haven't always been um, super great at even if it's just like I want to be better at time management like if you get better at time management you can use that in any title you get after that right, right. Like, that's going to set you up for the big title or the big thing that you take on or the big leadership position yeah. so like start but don't with, get hung up on that no don't get hung up on yeah. the title get hung up on the skills that you need mm. right and and how you want to who you want to be and and then the titles will come and and your decisions about which titles to take or which jobs to do or what career to to, to go into or if you want to switch industries those become really easy when you're setting goals um, that are true to yourself yeah so this may be a little left field but especially in the landscape we're in how do you feel being a woman of color mm-hmm. has like basically i don't know in, impacted your life or um you know w- what advice would you give to other women of color that see you're successful and and uh want to follow suit on that as well you know my advice for my first advice for women of color um no matter where you are at in your career is that whatever you're feeling it's real because I think the first thing we do is we do a real disservice to the fact that when we when I walk into a room nobody looks like me still like at this point in my career yeah um, I mean even Julius is like yeah darker than (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like and in finance you know to to, to people you know to to see um you know black people in finance and and um people of color in finance like that's it's just really really rare there's certain industries where it's even more rare and mine happened to be one of them and telecom too yeah and then the c-suite on top of it right like it's just unfortunately really the the like it's embarrassingly yeah bad um you and felt that weight against you oh all through my, the years my whole career yeah. that you know this is the first time being cfo at the trust where like i go to work my whole self and their focus on health equity and equity and um i don't there's no like leaving myself at the door because i have to figure out how to belong so the thing i say is that you whatever you feel is true um 
and I also say we all have the capacity, like whatever that is, it's a circle, right? It, mm-hmm. It's We all have the capacity to do so much. Some people's circle is really big. They have a lot of capacity. Some people's really small. Um, and what happens is when you're walking into work and you're a woman of color and you have to worry about, you know, should I wear my hair curly or straight today in order to be taken seriously? Or I'm a woman, so should I not wear this skirt? Because is it, you know, it will people take me seriously if I have a skirt on today? And um, should I not use certain words? Should I not talk at a certain um, vocal level? Um, yeah. When you have to worry about all that stuff. Things like someone of, you know, of higher privilege yeah. would just wouldn't even consider. Yeah. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't even consider. So my capacity 0%. by the time I walk in the door, has, yeah. my self-analysis and self-doubt has already been used up because in order to get along in this environment, I've already used up some of my capacity that other people don't have to use up. Um, just worried before I even walk into the meeting, right. before I even just start on doing my job well. Yeah, but here, but not to cut you off, Go but ahead. like you mentioned that something that you've done tried and true is you. Yes. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you've done you and you've had these um, huge career milestones. And yeah. so what does that mean? You know, how does that apply? Um, you know, I think I've had career, huge career milestones and I've also had really, really, really ugly things that have happened to me because I'm a woman of color not just a woman of color but I'm young so I'm always the youngest executive in the room I'm always the only black woman in the room um and and I I've it's been really hard and I've just decided you know and I have my own privilege and power now where I can decide you know if you don't treat me the way I want you to I don't have to work here like I don't have to work for you. I can move on. And um, my, I, my resume stands on a note. So I, I'm not going to pretend like everybody has that option. And there's been times in my career where I, I didn't have that option and I had to put up with it. Um, and it, it, it was really hard. And and so it's hard to, it's hard to give um, people advice. It's hard to give women of color advice other than to say, like, you're not alone. Like, you might be the only one in the room, but you're not alone. Like, we're all just in other meetings, right? right. Like, just try to remember that. Like, we're all out here, too. Um, and my advice is for, you know, these companies who are creating these environments that are really difficult. And conformity is the opposite of inclusion. So if if you are asking people to conform, like the one word that gets used against people of color so much is this thing called culture fit. And I think it's so devastating for inclusion. Mm. So if you're using the word culture fit, HR professionals, um, yeah. especially in someone's performance, you're you're it's going to be a problem because the chances that a, a woman won't be a culture fit because um uh the system was built by white men is going to be higher and then god help you if you're a person of color and really really god help you if you're a woman of color right so just think about how far from the culture who built the culture and how far from just the way i look even before i even speak how far away i am from that so how much harder is it for me to be a culture fit as a part of my performance. Like, what does that even mean? Right. But it happens every day. Black women are being fired every day for the reason that they're not a culture fit, which mm-hmm. the system was set up for them not to be a culture right. fit. And what so, if there's actually not a culture fit, yeah, though? Like, we're, we're, that's where the weird, again, the yin and the yang yeah, that we're yeah. talking about, where is it actually like, oh, this she's just an asshole. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's not a good person. <laughs> yeah. We don't you, want her working in our company. Well, you know you, what I mean? You, you know, you have to define performance as performance. Like yeah. the more somebody's performance is reliant on their personality, you're going to you're going to really struggle because, you know, m- Danielle's version of is she an asshole versus somebody else's version of are they an asshole is, is going to be difficult. And right. you got to walk the line in a very conservative way, which means err on the side of 
this isn't about people's personalities. Like, mm-hmm. are they able to get the job done? Because I always say this, like, what's the difference between um, uh, assertive and aggressive? Your gender. Mm. What's the difference between aggressive and angry? Your race. That's it. That's it. So to say, like, my personality is, you know, the chances that you might say Danielle when she's assertive and confident is actually an asshole is higher. Mm. Right. And so that's the problem. So we have to we have to err on the side of like, what does the performance look like? And once we can really say our culture is to perform and it means the following things. Um and, and be really prescriptive about that and then tell right. people before they even start the job, you know, this is what it looks like to be um, a, a culture fit here because most people don't know that. They just say it. It's a feeling. It's a thing, right? You, I'm like, okay, well, what's your culture? And they'll say all these buzzwords and, you know, we're, we're innovative and it's very rarely true. Yeah, it's not specifically <laughs> it's lined not actionable. out. Like, it's not yeah. actionable. So I feel like that'll help um, eliminate what um, is perceived or what actually even right. is perceived and actually is yep. racial discrimination yep. in the workplace. And, you know, all we do every day, all of us, is make decisions based on our lived experience with that decision. Everything mm-hmm. you do, you get up, what car you drive, you know, how far your commute is to work. Like, these are all decisions based on your lived experience with that decision. So none of us are more qualified <laughs> with the decision than the other people, right? Right. And so I just think it's remembering that. And I have a question that I always ask myself, which is like, how might I be wrong mm. before I make a decision? Okay, like, how might I be wrong? I'll, I usually still make the decision I would have in the right. first place about people, about work, it, all of it. But I just check myself on like, okay, how might I be wrong? And if companies and the people who run companies did that more often... Um, we would we would create space for people to be themselves, like meet people where they are yeah. a lot more often. Yeah, on both on both sides, both but more sides. S- yeah. So so like, is this? It, are we getting better in this area? Is there improvements here, or does it seem pretty much the same just throughout your entire career? Um, you know, uh, you know, honestly, I I haven't I haven't seen a lot of progress, and I've worked in five different industries, so this mm-hmm. is the first time where I can say. You know, with my chest held high and and, um, kudos to the people at the Colorado Trust that this is a place where I don't I don't feel anything other than, you know, welcome and like I can be myself. And, you know, there's no if if someone throws a microaggression at me, I'm happy. I'm allowed to say it without being seen as this person that's difficult um, and stand up for myself and stand up for other people and things like that. And um, do I think we're getting better i'll say we're getting better because we're talking about it Mm. like this conversation that we're having right now you asking that question is because we live in a space where people are now like "Uh oh we have a problem and it's not a diversity problem right it's an inclusion problem and so um do i think that we've moved the needle on inclusion no because we're still focused on diversity which means like diversity you can count you know if i'm in a room check yeah you got exactly. a black person uh, yeah we, yep, exactly yeah. right right diversity. i'm in a room and see we we have look at all the diversity we yeah have we have gender say. diversity it's 50 yeah. percent men it's 50 percent women yeah. right Ooh, we've achieved gender diversity in the room inclusion yeah. is like how many women actually spoke in virtue that room? signaling yeah on it versus, yeah. yeah if not a single woman ever spoke during the meeting you have an inclusion problem so then your diversity your gender diversity doesn't matter right it doesn't matter because the voices that um you need in the room which diverse vo- voices are great return on investment um uh aren't being heard and and, and i'm hopeful I w- what i will say is i'm hopeful because the market is demanding that we yeah. pay attention to this yeah i mean con- by, via consumers the consumer via, yeah. market and that's that always drives how corporations culture shifts 
is, you know, if I'm going to lose money because I um, don't have a single black person in my C-suite, I'm going to make sure that I get one, retain one, and treat them really, really well, right. and that they say really good things about me. And is the market that also, is demanding is it. Is that also meeting, um, is that also like, is that meeting uh, uh, diversity and then not really solving the problem versus inclusion? You know, no, because think about this. So Uber will never be what worth what they would have been worth uh, if their CEO hadn't been such an asshole. Mm. Like this market said, Uber changed not just the transportation industry, the technology industry, it changed yeah. the world. Yeah. We didn't like their CEO. We thought he was an asshole and we didn't like the way he treated women. Yeah. He had women. We didn't like the way he treated women. Was he like ra- racist? Or no, no, no. He, no, he was just no. Like there was all of these stories. That's where like the delete Uber app came because like oh. somebody videoed him and the way he was treating an Uber driver. And then oh. after that, all the stories came out about how he treated women in the workplace, yeah. the culture that he set up for um, women, and and like how horrible it was. And like they lost billions. Like like their market cap is never recovered. And that's unheard of. And yeah. that gives me so much hope because that's the way change happens, right? A hundred percent. Like influencers and, you know, um Rihanna said something like Snapchat did said something about Rihanna and like domestic violence and, and she came out and said like that's not acceptable and they lost billions of dollars of market cap yeah because they were like everyone was like oh no no you don't get to you don't get to make fun of domestic violence snapchat so we're holding companies accountable in a very personal personable way like that's and we have exciting. the power to now and we're the most diver- the millennials yeah. are the most diverse generation yeah. in history and then our kids are going to be even more diverse yeah. so um and then we're all it's just going to be required be just yeah going to be purple yeah. one day i yeah. guarantee it like yeah. one singular color probably yeah. i work in the old system yeah but i'm focused on a market that i know you're is going to yeah you it. are you're yeah. in a very archaic like a yeah. archaic workplace yeah. almost like i can i can imagine what yeah. it's like there, so it's interesting your perspective on yeah. this. So yeah. I'm, you know, what I've experienced versus yeah. what I'm seeing, like coming, yeah. are two different things, right? Yeah. So yes, I've experienced it, and it's been very difficult. And and I, there's no industry that it hasn't been difficult for me. Um, but like I just have a lot of hope. Like as I see the market shift, someone that studies the market, someone that understands how businesses make their money and why they make decisions. Yep. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is getting fun. Yeah, and it, it's a small world, like to lose $80 billion of market cap, which Snapchat did just because of an influencer tweet. In the past, would have you'd have had like five quarters of backwards growth before you could lose that much market cap, how much your company's worth, that's what market cap is. And um, so for them to lose that in like one day has like sent analysts in a spin. So yeah. now analysts are talking about brands. They're talking about what's your environmental impact? Um, yeah, how diverse is your corporate board? Before. Yeah, so I yeah. guess the conversations are an indication conversations always drive you know the needle will move later um and and so it'll move later my daughter will have it much easier than i did i know that for sure so there's i have a lot of hope disp- you know sort of in spite of my experiences well let's keep having these conversations yeah, and keep yeah, talking I'm glad about you asked it, that question. it. yeah I, I i wish i'd we just were having all kinds of good conversations <laughs> so i wish we had like a whole another hour yeah. to keep diving into that yeah. but you know if you'd like to come back again yeah, we'll come back we can that bring your like siblings a, in here and ooh, we could all that just would be super just, fun uh, you know just hang out that would be super fun yeah we should should, they would be super open for it we've been wanting to sort of get together and figure out how to do something together anyway so i'll bring them let's bring them them. all in here i'm in charge anyways i'm the sibling that's in charge (laughs) i believe it well listen (laughs) i i'm super grateful for you coming down and doing this and and uh you know 
just sharing and being so open and um, just appreciate it. So yeah, yeah, um, where anything last minute you want to share, where can people find you? Any shout out, shout out all your stuff. and uh, Yeah, shout out all my stuff. So the Daily Boss Up and um, I have a speaking and coaching website, which is dshoots.com. And then the Daily Boss Up is dailybossup.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at shootsd. Use Instagram most? I Instagram most. If you want to know anything that's going on with me, go go follow me on Instagram. Follow my Instagram story. Only if you shout out embarrassing stories of your son and uh, tag him. He's on there too. Yeah, yeah, I tag him and, and my daughter and they hate it. So just know that behind the that's scenes cool. I'm getting scolded. I can't wait till I have kids someday. I'm going to be the worst. <laughs> he, work, he works at Urban Air and he's like, people always know uh, that I'm your son. That's like, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. Yep. Guys, guys listening, don't forget, make sure you go subscribe leave a review please 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 we'll see you on the next one love y'all bye